Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name is Adam. And welcome to episode 220. Yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy do who fans, welcome back to the show. 220 is upon us. Mm. Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've hopefully managed... To do something, something. Doctor Who Doctor related. Who yeah. Adam and I were talking before we kicked off recording that uh, we think it's going to be a, a quite a slow year for Doctor Who in more ways than mm. one. It just feels already, we're only in February, and it already feels like it's a bit of a drought out there in terms of, obviously, no new Doctor Who coming to our screens, but in terms of just general Doctor Who news and merchandise and stuff like that just feels a bit dry these days not sure if anyone else has noticed that but uh yeah it's going to be a long slog i think 2019 mm, feels a bit barren it's funny because yeah. like with the merchandise side of things it's a double-edged sword for me that because in one way i'm kind of relieved there's not much out there because i just need to stop spending but part of me keeps thinking oh what's what's new you know checking out the merchandise site and Oh, what's coming out soon and that sort of stuff. So there's a couple of good bits on the way, but yeah, there's not a great deal. Mm. Yeah, That mm. new Sill thing that we talked about the other week, that new Sill drama, that looks <laughs> quite good. <laughs> that looks pretty good, yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think, because we weren't exactly spoiled, were we, for merchandise last year when new Doctor Who was out. Well, I think we got a couple of Titan figures, mm. a, a Funko Pop, the Barbie doll, and... <laughs> something else I don't know like a, a range of t-shirts I suppose and stuff but there wasn't you know it didn't push the boat out in in terms of and I think they announced stuff fairly late as well didn't they so we had the announcement mm. at the London Toy Fair I think it was that they were going to bring out 
figures for Ryan and Graham and stuff. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, there's a few few bits coming out of that. Yeah. yeah. It just feels a bit late to the party, you know. It would have been cool mm. to have that stuff last year when the series was going on to make most make the most of the hype that was around it and so on. But yeah. The things I'm most excited about this year actually are the are the classic series box sets, which um you know, the Blu-ray box sets, because the first two of those have been brilliant. And um, season 18 is on its way. Um, I think it's just been pushed back, actually, isn't it? Has the release date just been pushed back a couple of weeks? But um, but I'm really excited for season 18 with all the new extras and all that sort of stuff. So um, those sets, I mean, I just, I love the thought of, um, you know, being a collector. I love sort of putting them all in order and having them all along the shelf. And I just love the thought of filling in all those seasons on, mm. along the shelf you know what i mean um so i yeah i hear that they're selling really well and the bbc have already you know got uh the next i've heard two or three planned out and yes. stuff um yeah. so it's yeah all rumor but you know I, i'm really looking forward to getting more of those sets yeah no they they're beautiful aren't they mm. they're really really good i'm still watching season 19 i watched the um i keep thinking of what you know what there's got so many extras on it. i keep thinking oh, i must have you know worked my way through it all now but no there's so much on it so the other night i watched the extended version of um black orchid oh yes I it, you there's an extended, yeah. yeah yeah it's extended version of part one because i was i was thinking right what haven't i watched off the new set yet and that that was one of the things right and because uh, that, that's a story I've always really liked. I know I know it's a bit divisive. I know Davidson himself hates it. <laughs> I mean, the commentary is brilliant. He absolutely destroys it. Um, but I've always really liked it. I loved it as a kid when it went out. You know, I just love the mystery side of it, like this strange person being locked away in a house. And I just always it always had something different. Um, and the Harlequin costume as well, I loved as a kid. So, yeah, it's one that I really like. Um and I just thought it'd be quite good to watch an extended version of part one. I, I was just thinking, I hope it's just not extended cricket shots. You know, <laughs> I was thinking, what is the what are the new bits? I've got to be honest, I really struggled to spot what the new bits were um, because okay. it's only about a couple of minutes or whatever longer. But I couldn't tell what was new, and I thought I would because I've watched it so many times. Right. I thought, oh well, you know, when you spot something new, you ah. That bit wasn't in it before, and stuff. But I must admit, I I couldn't really see anything new. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe one of our listeners who's watched it can can tell me. But maybe just some of the shots are a bit longer or something. Um, you know, rather than being is. cut yeah, yeah. so fine. Yeah, I think there was maybe one scene that I thought seemed a bit longer, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, but I enjoyed watching that again. I always think, do you like that story? We've reviewed it, so I think we can. Yes. I think we can. We're allowed to say. We have reviewed it, haven't we? Yeah, back in... Oh, long time ago, wasn't it? 2016, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we quite liked it. It was, um, I think, yeah, other than the very camp-looking um, robot thing. Robot? What's the robot? Oh, am I talking about the right one? Black Orchid. Hold no, on. Black Orchid's the... There's no... There's no. That's the thing Peter Davison hates about it, is there's no science fiction element to it Oh, hold on. I'm getting... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you are right. Um, yeah. Camp robot? What, Metal Mickey? Uh, oh, that might have been in the visitation. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, the yeah, glitter sorry, robot. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now I can see why you'd get those confused. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, Black Orchid. I can't remember. We have. Oh. It's the one with the. It's it's it's. There's no science fiction. They land on a train station. Uh, they go to a manor house where everyone has a bit of a dance. The doctor plays yes. cricket for about ten minutes. Yeah. Um, yep. and then this guy with a sort of deformed face grabs Nissa. <laughs> yeah. Because she's yep. got a double. Uh, called Anne, who's got a mole. 
that's the only way you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, yes. and, and then he ends up falling off a roof and then they all go home. It's a wonderful story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I do. Yeah, of course. Remember that. Yeah. Um, I yeah. do like it though. Yeah. yeah. I think we reviewed it relatively okay. Probably a seven or something. Seven. Yeah. Or yeah. It's one of those cheeky little two-parters that if you, you know, if you haven't got long, if you haven't got the television to yourself for long, like often happens to me, you know, if my other half goes out for like an hour, I think, oh, what can I quickly watch while I've got the TV? It's a nice little cheeky two-parter. You can just bang on and yeah, yeah. it's quite yeah. an easy watch as well. It is, yeah. Quite topping. as topping, uh, yeah. Mr. Quite topping. Oh, here we go. We reviewed it way back in episode 40. Oh, my word. Which is 2015. I gave it a 7.5. You gave it an 8. An 8, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like it, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, those Blu-ray sets. I, I heard uh, uh, rumblings that they were going to do a Series 10. I keep hearing that. Yeah, that might be quite cool. Um, hmm. uh, and a Series 26. Oh, well, the, that's the one I would love. I'd love yeah. some McCoy. Yeah, yeah, really would actually. Yeah. Um, oh God, I'd oh twenty six. Come on, that'd be amazing. It would be brilliant. I'd absolutely love that. Yeah. Well, I'd love all of them to be honest. But uh, yeah, there there are certain seasons I like more than others. For example, I'm not a massive fan of Key to Time uh, that series, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. but yeah, season twenty six. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like a bit of that. Oh, yeah. go on, I like a bit of that. Go on. Oh, oh season oh. twenty six suits you, sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, in series ten, um, that might be cool. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, a bit of Pertwee. Yeah, it'd be good. A little bit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you were not so much, mate. I saw that you uh, you were on your travels at the weekend. You went over to do the um, the quiz of Rattalon. Anyone that doesn't know, they uh, uh, it's a very small. Um, actually, no, it's not that small. But it's a, it's a quiz that happens in in London every. Is it once a month? Once a week? Once a month? Yep. Yeah. It's like a pub somewhere over in East London. They do like a little quiz there with prizes and whatnot. How'd you get on? Yes, yeah, I had a really good night, actually. It was a really good fun. It's, uh, they're over in Bethnal Green, um, so it's just a little bit of a tube journey out. Um, yeah, we came eight, but I don't know how many teams there were, so <laughs> eight probably. Probably eight. Uh, but no, I think I know we weren't last because <laughs> I heard some groans uh, before we were announced. So, right. yeah, we came eighth, which um, we, we did all right. But we, we had a good time. We had a few drinks, and um, those quizzes are all, always really good fun, actually. The only downside was... Um, and this nearly happened last time because I remember when me and you did the quiz last time mm-hmm. and you said, right, it, when the quiz finished, you were like, right, I better go. Got, you know, the tubes are a bit messed up, but not, you know, better be on my way. Mm-hmm. And me being me was like, shall I just have one more drink? And I thought, no, I'll come back with you. <laughs> and and ju- thank goodness I did because I just about made the last train that time. Well, this time you weren't there. And so what happens? I, I have that one more drink. I have to do it. I've got chatting to someone and I'm chewing their ear off about something or other. I have one more drink. I said, I've got loads of time to get the train. What happens? Missed the blimmin' train. Last train home. Ended oh. up getting a coach oh, right. <laughs> and drifting in about quarter past two in the morning. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good end to the evening, unfortunately. I was in, a, was in the doghouse. Um, and also I was blimmin' freezing walking back from the station. So yeah, it was a, it was a great night, but, um, yeah, that took the edge off slightly. That's the problem. I never seem to be able to get back home from it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Uh, the only other thing I've been doing is, um, the tickets for the Macro Terra BFI screening went on sale yesterday right. and, uh, nabbed a ticket for that, uh, which okay. is good. I, w- I must admit with Legopolis, um, I, because I really like Legopolis, I, I, was just absolutely you know 
couldn't miss out on that event. I couldn't wait to get the ticket. With Macriteri, yeah, I'm excited about it, but I did hesitate a little bit because of the price. Because um, with this one, I think the Gopolis was £16 a ticket. With this one, it's 27th, which is a bit, oh, I was thinking, you know, I spent a bit of the weekend. I don't really have nearly 30 quid. Um, and the reason for that is you get the DVD included in the ticket price, which is all well and good. Yeah. yeah. Except, A, I want the Blu-ray. And B, if it didn't have the DVD included, it'd probably be 16 quid, which, you know, is, is a no-brainer. I would have just got it straight away. So, I don't know. I did sort of have to double think yesterday. I was like, 27 quid plus booking fees, 28, you know. It's quite a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, I love it those is, events, yeah. though. So, obviously, I went ahead and, and bought it anyway. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it when they include the DVD. Because in some ways, it's nice. But you might not want the DVD. You might just want to go to the event. Especially and, if you've pre-ordered so, it, like I have. Yeah, and it's yeah exactly, and it's not as if you're it's not as if you're getting it free included in the ticket price, is it? I mean, you're getting it, I suppose, at a discount because you're getting the ticket event price, and I don't know, I'm just not sure how I feel about it. But anyway, I bought my ticket, so I am going now. So I'm quite looking forward to that. And Annika Wills is going to be there uh, doing a Q and A, and she's always really good. So should be a good event. Did you get a ticket for it? I didn't, mate. No, for that very no? reason. No. Yeah, so I I've, wondered if you might. Yeah. Yeah. So I've pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Um, and I think the Blu-ray, you get the DVD with that anyway, in the box, I think. I think you do, yeah. yeah. Are you going to get the Steelbook? The Steelbook, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. That's what I'm going to get, although yeah. I haven't ordered it yet. Yeah, so I'm not really... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, the, the events are very cool, and it would be it would be nice, but I don't know. After paying, what's the price of the... What was the price of the Steelbook? Let's have a look. So the Steelbook... Was what twenty odd quid, whatever? Yeah, it's twenty four, something like that. Yeah, so I'm not paying twenty four, twenty five quid for it, and then paying twenty odd quid to get it again at the event. Well, nearly you know? thirty, yeah. yeah. So, so it's twenty seven, so, twenty eight, yeah. Yeah, so I love those events; they're really cool, and I can't wait till this mm. Sunday when we go to. Um, I must admit, I'm much more excited yeah. about Legopolis. Yeah. I, I just am because it's you know the fourth Doctor. Star. I just I've got more of a buzz for it. I mean, I'm looking forward to Macra, obviously, but yeah, yeah I'm much more buzzing about Legopolis this Sunday. Yeah, um, actually, no, the the, the steel book is forty pounds on Amazon, but it won't stay at forty pounds. It's just, no, um, they're, they're, their yeah. prices have gone mad. Yeah. Um, like yeah, the steel book was I think twenty four, and they've suddenly yeah. upped it to forty. If you go to good old Zoom, I think it's still twenty something on Zoom. Um, and uh, I've ordered from them a couple of times, and they're pretty good, actually. They're really good, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to give that one a swerve, mate. Um, yeah, it's a shame, actually. I, I thought that might be the case, and like I know I was nearly in the same boat as you. I thought, oh dear, shall I? But I do love the events. But yeah, I can understand why you're not. Yeah, but I can't wait for this Sunday, though. That's one thing to look forward to in Legopolis. Yes, that's going to yeah. be so good. I'm very much looking forward to that. One of your faves, mate. It, it, well, it's one of the first stories I remember. So it's, it's got a sort of special place in my heart, if you like. It's one of the very first things I ever remember seeing yeah. Doctor Who-wise. Um, I think the milk is the first thing I ever saw. <laughs> in terms of Doctor Who, I mean. Um, but <laughs> right. uh, yeah, but Legopolis is definitely one of the first. Because I just remember all the... the um, you know, like the cloister rooms with the IV around the, you know, all that. So I don't know. I just have vague memories of it and the TARDIS and everything. It just TARDIS in a TARDIS and it's shrinking. I remember seeing that as a kid, that TARDIS shrinking. I blimmin' that blew me away. I must have been so young as well. What year is Legopolis? Oh, 
crikey mate 81 uh, is it or no it must be i don't know i must have been so young i'm amazed i can rem- remember it but i can unless it was a repeat of course but i don't think it was you're correct mate 81 81 yeah i was so. i was a nipper i was only one years old but no you weren't yeah i was born in 19, 1980 oh, i mate. thought you were 72 yeah. <laughs> no Feel i'm like a seven. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a late seventies child. You're a late, okay. So you would have yeah. been a, yeah, you you've got memories of it then, like your <laughs> earliest. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it would have been yeah. five or, or maybe six at a push. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just yeah, nostalgia just does it for you on this one. It does. Yeah. I've always just really loved it. I can't wait to see it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah, I know there's no guests at this one, and they normally do have some, don't they? But there's no guests at this event that we know of. They might drag Frank Skinner on stage or like they normally do, um, or Matthew Waterhouse might burst through the door with glass in hand. Or, I'm here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. i got a feeling somebody will be dragged up on stage, I'm sure, but there's nobody announced like they normally do. wonder if there'll be any tears. Oh, yes. Oh, it's got new effects as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm never... I like the old effects. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing it with the new effects, just to see, but... I'm a bit of a grizzled ancient when it comes to these things. I like the old, you know, egg cart and spaceships flying through well, the I air. I want my across. effects back. Yeah, I don't, I'm never <laughs> a fan of the new effects because I, I think they date quicker than the old ones. You know, I think sometimes you look at it and think, yeah, so that's not bad. And then you go back to it and what was it? Was it Case of Androzani? They did an extended version of it or something and the new bits look terrible. I mean, they look terrible then. They probably look even worse mm. now. Yeah, I think it was caves. I might be getting mixed up with something else, or was it Planet Fire? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, we shall see. New effects and Logopolis going to be great. Yes. Otherwise, I haven't been up to anything else. I don't know about you, mate. But no, 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 no nothing. The weeks are flying by. They are they at the minute? They are going so quick at the minute. I don't know about you. I, I was thinking last night. Oh, it's Tuesday. I need to watch Sarah Jane because we record tomorrow. I was thinking, God, that podcast has come around quick and weeks are flying by at the minute. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, though. Must be enjoying myself. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been up to much, so no. let's land it, see what news is happening. Remember the episode Rosa? Oh, yes. Yes, Series oh, yeah. 11, yeah. yeah. One, of the, uh, one of the good ones mm. from, epi- uh, from episode, from Series 11, which is very good, actually. Yeah, it was a good, good one. Cracking story, that yeah. one. Mm. Uh, it's picked up, it's bagged an award. Oh. Yes, at the Visionary Arts Organisation Awards Ceremony, bagged uh, television show of the year. Oh, that's good. Television uh, show. Uh, in that category. So that episode, oh, Rosa. I see, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is fairly a new, this is a, a fairly new um, uh, awards ceremony, I think. I've not heard of this one before anyway, as far as no, I know. I haven't quite heard of it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this got picked up for, um, it's like a recognition for, um, well, so it's, it's like to celebrate media and culture. Um, that have made sort of a, a bit of an impact, if you like, on social, mm. you know, uh, so uh, culture and social uh, stuff. Um, so you can imagine that Rosa fits that quite nicely, you know, you know, given the racial aspects of it and mm. and the emotional impact and that sort of thing. Um, so Mallory Blackman, who co-wrote it with Chibbers, uh, they were both there, both there to pick up the award. Mar- uh, Mallory says, uh, "What a lovely birthday present." 
uh, Chibnall and I won a Visionary Honours Award after this evening for Doctor Who Rose. I love my job. Thanks to all, thanks to all those who voted for us, which is nice. Uh, no comment from Chibbers. Uh, he probably didn't want to put any words down on paper in case it was a, you know, he's very protective, isn't he? Mm. Chris, can we just get... Okay, he's gone. He's gone. Yep. Uh, so the Visionary Arts Organisation, it was founded, founded by Adrian Grant, uh, creator of the hit Michael Jackson musical Thriller Live, apparently. Oh, right. Uh, the goal is to see a more unified, peaceful society that works together to create diverse opportunities, break down barriers, and allow young people to dream, achieve, and succeed. Right. Which is all very nice. He goes on to mm. say that uh, it's not about awarding egos or fame. Uh, oh. This is about recognising culture, media, and entertainment that has inspired, created awareness, and advocated social change. Through the Visionary Arts Organisation, it's my long-term goal to inspire creative to produce work that can be a, make a positive difference. We should be on the bloody list then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's our award? Uh, we, we got to, our egos are too big, probably. Won't allow us in. That might be what it is, mate. Inflated <laughs> egos, yeah. <laughs> We always strive. Fame grabbers. Yeah, we always strive for positive mm. thinking and actions and stuff. I know. Yeah. Maybe next year. It's, it's, a, new, it's a new thing. We're, we're probably on the short list. What's the guy's name? Adrian Grant, right? Yeah. Let me just find tell him. him we, tell him, make sure you mention that we loved Thriller. We loved Thriller. <laughs> say, say, whilst coming back from seeing Thriller the other week, we thought we'd, <laughs> thought we'd email you. I'm going to stalk him on socials. I must be able to track yeah. him down quite easily. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll ask him where the podcast category is. But uh, get, on, get on it. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for news, mate. Well, mind you, EastEnders is in there. That, that can't be in a positive category. EastEnders? Well, it depends the on most the... negative, depressing program on TV. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, um, I haven't watched EastEnders for so long. I can't oh. even remember. I don't even know who's in it. I think it's it must be going on 10 years, I think, the last time I even watched, like, 10 minutes of an episode. No. It's been that long. But yeah, so that's a good point. So in terms of other shows that... But when you that, when you speak to old what's-his-name, Adrian, say to him, get that all out of there. Yeah, well, I think it's probably down to the little individual storyline, maybe, because there was oh. a there was a thing, actually. One, I think it was last year at some point, end of last year. I remember flicking through the channels and seeing um, Bonnie Langford, her character. She was involved in this storyline where her son was stabbed. Something. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And uh, exactly, yeah, quite depressing. But I think the way they done it was quite unusual for EastEnders because they kind of, tri- they inter- they sort of injected these interviews with the cast members about um, sort of young people and violence in London and so on. It was quite bizarre. Right. So the storyline, right. it was about her son's funeral. He'd been stabbed or something. Yeah. And um, so the, the programme was going, and the only reason I saw it, because like, like when I saw it, I was like, Bonnie Langford's in EastEnders. When did that happen? Mm. Um, and then I saw the storyline and she was running to a son's funeral or something and she didn't want to go and then she was there. But then they had these little 10, 15 second interview bits where people from the cast of EastEnders were giving their thoughts on knife crime and stuff like that and racism in London and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, I see. is this like a documentary thing? But no, it was quite bizarre. But anyway, mm. it's probably little things like that that these this kind of event picks up on these social storylines, you know, yeah, all that stuff. Sounds about right. Yeah. Mm. But it beat off shows like EastEnders, as you said, mm. uh, something called Save Me. Never heard of it. Something called Kiri. Never heard of it. First Dates, you must have heard of that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. on it next week. 
<laughs> and something called There She Goes. I've only heard Never of EastEnders and First Dates, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, though, that who has bagged another award. Very, very cool. It is. Well done, Mallory. Well done, and Mallory. And Chibbers, and Chibbers loitering in the background. Well done. Yeah, his big facelet, the big smile. I know, he's so happy, isn't he? Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it for news shall we get that's, old that's grumpy it. grumpy bouncing has he got, got something has he oh that's go on then <laughs> match corner match corner match corner I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted it's a bit rubbish but it's pretty it's very pretty big chief mm, talking of EastEnders it's Cindy Beale Cindy Beale <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell mate I've never know that's wow you've gone you want to something there uh, I, I I just saw a lot of people saying it that's all yes yeah Big Chief the uh, company that makes the very nice one sixth scale figures mm. of which there are many there are yeah. in their library they've made um, quite a few Doctor Who ones haven't they They've what they did before the, the War Doctor and Tenth Doctor I think I think Clara's in there and uh, some others. I think they do plenty of other franchises now, I think. Yeah, they do. I think they do Star Wars, actually. They do a few Star Wars bits, yeah. Mm. And they're bringing out a new figure, which is, uh, unsurprisingly, the 13th Doctor. Mm. And it's kind of, this is kind of a weird one, because they've, the way that they've done it is they've launched their own internal Kickstarter type of thing for it. So you know when a company or a product wants to get some sort of cash up front? Mm. So you go on Kickstarter or whatever it is, and then you you rally to get people to put their money down, and then you offer them you know, discounts or something for them parting with their money early, on the proviso that the product is obviously done when they meet their goal. Yeah. So Big Finish have done something similar, but they've not gone on to Kickstarter or anything like that. They've done it themselves internally. And... The way it works is they need to take a minimum amount of orders that runs for a certain amount of time and then they will um then they will release the figures and you know, so on. Start manufacturing. <laughs> release the figures, yeah. Yes, they release the hounds. Yeah. <laughs> They'll start manufacturing them once they hit that goal. If they don't hit the goal, nobody gets the figures and they get your money back. All right. So it's um now, there's two ways. Well, I assume that's how it works anyway. It, it will only go ahead on the proviso that this mission that they're calling it uh, is met within the criteria. Um, uh, so let me just make sure I'm getting this right. Um, otherwise, I'm going to be in big trouble, aren't I? Mm. Uh, so I think it's done in conjunction with something called Launchpad. Anyway, they want to sell 500 units. That's the goal. 500 orders. Hmm. Um, If they don't get 500 orders in within the next 28 days, there's 28 days left in the campaign. It's a 40-day campaign. If they don't hit 500 orders by the end of that, the figure's not going ahead. No good. And it says here that only 500 are going to be made. Exactly. As well. So, okay. So this is one of those... It's kind of interesting. Hmm. I can't get my head... Well... There's, there will there will be a few reasons as to why they're doing it this way. The most obvious reason is the company doesn't have the money to put into doing just a mainstream, widely available figure 
just for the general public to buy in case they don't sell enough and they're going to lose money. So doing it this way, they know that it will cost them exactly this much to make. So they need to make this much money. That equates to this number of orders. Everything's tied up in a nice little little packet. So that's the first one. The other reason it could be just they want to experiment with something. They want to see mm. if this is a model they want to to go with, if, if it's successful, if they fulfill all the orders. When it comes around to doing the next figure they want to do, they'll be like, oh, the Jodie Whittaker um, figure was a great success doing it that way. So let's continue that. So at the moment, they've sold 301. 301 orders have gone through and there's 28 days left. So they're roughly halfway through or just over halfway through the time. They've got, um, yeah, just under 30 days left. So they need to sell another 199. 199 orders to go and then everybody gets their order. So if you want it, you're going to have to pre-order it. You cannot just skip the pre-order and then hope to pick one up afterwards. It doesn't work like that in this occasion. You order it now in this mission style time frame or you don't get one simple as that and prices are you can buy it in full pre-order it now for 239.99 or you can pay for it in three installments and then you'll end up paying 259.99 because there's a little bit of interest i assume on there so that's the that's the the biz model if you like that's the way that big chief are doing this one and um, if you buy it in full, the only the only thing that you get that you wouldn't get if you paid for it monthly would be oh sorry, two things. The first one is you save forty pounds off the usual price. So apparently the usual price is two seven nine. So if you buy it in full, you save forty quid and you get it for two three nine. If you pay for it monthly, you only save twenty pounds. You end up paying two five nine. But the only other main difference I can see between the two is that. If you pay for it in full beforehand, then you get one of the low numbers. So you'll you'll be in like the bottom low edition numbers. If you pay for it monthly, then you could get number 460 or whatever, something like that. Mm. It comes with a, I'll just see, it comes with an autograph plaque yes. hand signed by Jodie as well. I wonder if she'll do her full signature or if she'll do, just do her new... JW, yeah, that she's sure. been doing. Yeah. Mm, I should hope for that price, you'd get the full autograph. Yeah, but. so for that price, you get free worldwide shipping. You get the autograph plaque that you've just mentioned. Mm. You get a stand to put the plaque on. You get the free bonus incentive, which is the maroon rainbow striped top. The low edition number if you buy it in full. And you get double the amount of Big Chief reward points. Oh, that's the other thing. So if you pay monthly, you don't get double re- reward points. You just get the normal amount. Yeah. yeah. I see. Um, so yeah, and some terms and conditions, because I know that I've probably said something wrong here or whatever. I don't want to land um, us in trouble or put misinformation out. So just to confirm, number one, the mission is running for 40 days and there is 28 days left at the time of this recording, which is Wednesday, the 13th of February. Uh, once the mission reaches the required number of supporters... Customers who have pledged their support will be charged for their orders and the manufacturing process will then begin. Should the required number of supporters not be reached and the campaign proves unsuccessful, all orders will be cancelled. Oh. Yeah. Orders may be cancelled within the first 40 days of the campaign. Orders are non-transferable. Free worldwide shipping excludes Russia, South America. Customers in the UK and Europe are subject to VAT, which is in the price, so don't worry. Customers outside of the UK are exempt from paying VAT. 
Um, and should we receive not enough supporters prior to the 40-day campaign completing, customers will be contacted... Oh, sorry, should we receive enough orders? Sorry. So if they fill the, the quota, then customers will be contacted to make the payment in full or their first monthly instalment, and then the manufacturing process will begin. So before we actually just lastly comment on the figure itself, what do you reckon to this whole model, mate, this sort of Kickstarter-type thing? Yeah, well, I, I I get the reasoning behind it. I, the thing is, I've never ordered a big chief figure. So they're just not my thing. Um, but my friend Ben absolutely loves them. Ben Lett. Um, yeah. Ben Lett, yeah, Host Productions, loves these figures. Um, and I don't know if this is something they do every time. Is this something they do every time they launch a new figure? I don't know. Or is it just something, like you said, the trying with the 13th Doctor? Because um, if it's something that they they haven't done before it sounds like maybe they're not that confident with it i, I just don't know but I, I guess it makes sense um i just kind of feel sorry for if they get to like 499 and you oh, know, know orders yeah. and, then every, yeah. and then you've got nearly 500 people disappointed when they cancel the whole lot i just don't know it, it sounds as it sounds quite a good idea at first but when you start looking into it i'm not sure um, I mean, as I said, they're not my thing, so I'm afraid I, w- I won't be getting one, especially not for that price. That's a lot of dough, isn't it, for a figure? I'll stick with the Barbie doll, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> 50 yeah. quid. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. If these are your thing, I think great, but um, they're just they're just not my thing, so I don't know. I, yeah. w- I won't be getting one. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I can. The other reason why they might do it this way is to create some kind of urgency around it. That's true, yeah, because otherwise I suppose people are like, oh, I might get one when I, you know, at Christmas, or they want to get these done, and yeah. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of, of Jody's Doctor, you like the 13th Doctor's look and everything, and you're just a big fan of, of Jody, then uh, this looks pretty good. I'm not... I I think I've said this a few times before over the years, but one thing that I quite like about big chief and it's a very similar problem that robert harrops has occasionally Mm. and that is from the neck down the sculpts are normally bang on Mm. you know but the face sculpts i just can't seem to get my i I just can't i think the closest they've ever got is potentially the 10th doctor or maybe eccleston those two figures Mm. the war doctor kind of was there clara yeah Rose. Rose was terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely not for us, I think that's fair to say, uh, especially at that price. So I, I, get the, I get the love and the, and the whole craftsmanship that goes into making these figures from Big Finish. It's very, very good. But I think for that price, I would expect, because if you think about, there's a couple of similar companies based over in the US, very, very popular. They're called Sideshow Collectibles and Hot Toys. Mm. And if you look at some of the head sculpts on some of those figures, they are eerily accurate. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking like literally, it's like looking at a photo mm. um, in terms of their face and head sculpt and so on. So if the standard was there um, in terms of they looked as good as those, because the price is very similar as well. You can pick up some really good one tip scale sideshow figures for around £250. Mm. And they look amazing, really, really good. Um, so yeah, for me, for the price, it's a no go. And I'm just not sure on the sculpt for this either. The face no, just I, doesn't. Uh, 
I joked it looked like Cindy Beale. It, it does, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, I think they're, oh, did I see somewhere they're doing an alternative head that you can swap or something? I don't know that they said, because this is, you know, there's been, you know what the uh, internet's like. As soon as they posted pictures of this, people were ripping it out of it as they do. Um, <laughs> and I think I think they did, Big Chief did respond saying, I think there's going to be a different head sculpt or something. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it, either way, I agree with you, mate. It doesn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. So, um, mm. yeah. So, uh, another very quick rundown on the figure itself. This might sway your decision if you want to buy one. So, oh, yeah. a fully realized portrait of Jodie Whittaker as the thirteenth Doctor. Uh, you have a neutral expression or a smiling expression. There we go. So oh, right. Okay. Different. There you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they've only advertised it with the neutral one, I think, by the look of it. That's but right. I'm not yeah. Not sure what the smiling one is. You get um, uh, anatomics female body. Uh, you get the trench coat with the functional pockets, dark navy rainbow striped top. Functional pockets? Yeah, well, you get the three and a quarter length uh, sleeve top, the white top, the three and th- the three quarter length cuffed trousers with braces, uh, hiking socks, which you can partially see, uh, high top boots, sonic screwdriver unit, the sonic screwdriver lit, whatever. Oh, yes, yeah, so it lights up. Okay. Uh, the psychic paper wallet, a pating. Now that might a pating. Oh, sold. There you go. You get the pating. You get a kablam <laughs> box containing a fez. My word. And a help me delivery note. So you get a couple of cool little accessories in there. <laughs> Can't wait to see the pating. Yeah. So any fans? I'm, I'm pretty sure our buddy Ben Let will will be all over this. Oh, I'm sure he will. Um, but anyone else, let us know if you're going to pick this up. Just head over to BigChiefStudios.co.uk, and you'll be able to. It's on the homepage there. You'll be able to. Have a look, but you've only got 28 days left. By the time this goes out, you'll have 26 days left or 25, mm. whatever. So, um, I wonder if they'll do it. There we go. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they, um, mm-hmm. if they get it. Yeah. But that's all we have. Dalek Tat wasn't impressed, put it that way. No. In fact, he's run it over. Yeah. He didn't even come into the room. He just, yeah. Yeah. Just mentioned it and went on about his business. So, there we go. Review time. Yes. What we got, buddy? Sarah Jane. So, Gary, I see in the stars that we <laughs> we are going to have a two-parter here. So, yeah, it's uh, Series 2, and it's an episode called Secrets of the Stars. I have a message for the world. Children of Gemini, join the ancient lights. Clyde, this thing that's possessed you, it's alien. Sarah Jane! It's got my mom. Since the broadcast, some people seem to have been hypnotized and have walked out of their homes. Children of Leo, join the circle. It's taking over all the star signs one by one. Yeah! My destiny is now. My destiny. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> the theme gets in your head, doesn't it? Do, 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 do. Old Russ Abbott. Yeah, no Bella Emberg, though. No Blunder Woman in this one. <laughs> I seem to have vague, very vague memories of my mum watching the Russ Abbott show when I was quite yeah. young. Because Russ Abbott, uh, well, I think he used to be primarily a comedian, didn't he? Did sketch shows mm-hmm. and all That's right. impressions and stuff. But uh, when I saw his name, I was like, is that the same Russ Abbott? This is going to be a... He hasn't changed much, actually, has he? No, he, not really. I mean, he looks a little older, obviously, yeah. but yeah. No bright orange hair or kilts or anything. But, <laughs> well, that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, the secrets of the uh, secrets of the stars. Anyways, it was first broadcast back in two thousand and eight in October. It's a two-parter, as always, with the Sarah Jane Adventures. It was written by Gareth Roberts. 
Oh, it yeah. It was directed by Michael Kerrigan. Um, Gary Russell was a script editor on this one. Gary Russell. Yeah. Stars the uh, usual um, attic team, uh, now obviously including Rani um, in this one, and um, yeah, Russ Abbott and uh, a few other people. Uh, the storyline is quite simply, there's a guy who's a bit of a fraudster. He's been taking money off people, claiming to read their stars and tell their future and whatnot. Um, and then he gets zapped by this ancient light, uh, which possesses him, and then he possesses somebody else. And the the, the I, th- I think the premise is mainly that the ancient lights are something that existed before the creation of our universe. And it's only now that all the literally... There's kind of stealing our phrase almost, if you like, but it's only now that the stars have aligned, mm. <laughs> and uh, now that they can they can uh, travel all the they can bring all of the light and energy down onto Earth, channel it through this guy now, and uh, they can control the the Earth. And it's kind of done. It's sort of wrapped up in a kind of star signy. What's the word? Astrology. Astrology. Uh, yeah. Kind of wrapper where they're targeting everybody by their individual star signs and. And that stuff. So, mm. right. What did you reckon to to secrets of the stars? Secrets of the stars. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I, I think I was expecting it to be a little filler. Uh, I don't know why I thought that because I've never seen this two part before. So, and it's mid series, and um, even though there are a lot of Sarah Jane episodes I haven't seen, most of them, in fact, there are ones that people always talk about. Right. And I'd never even heard this title before so i just assumed it was going to be a bit forgettable and as i say a bit of a filler um but yeah i i really enjoyed it i i, I especially the first part right in fact probably the more the first part than the second because the first part um i just thought was excellent uh i loved the beginning with with um him pretending to read the girls <laughs> you know future and then admitting he's a fraud but then getting hit by the agent light and actually turning into someone that could do it and i thought oh this is a great first you know that that sort of pre-title sequence was brilliant yeah um i thought first few minutes was excellent and <clears throat> that leads into the scene where he's you know, on the stage and he starts talking about the doctor and telling Sarah Jane, you know, that he knows all this stuff. And I thought, this is, this is brilliant. I'm loving this. Uh, great cliffhanger. Um, and yeah, and part two uh, was very enjoyable. I don't think it was as good because part one seemed to set everything up really nicely and it told the story. Whereas part two just seemed to be sort of 25 minutes of conclusion, if that makes sense. Like right. it, it literally was just them trying to stop him all the way through. So there wasn't as much to part two. So I wouldn't say I was let down by it, but I just thought part one was particularly strong. Right. Um, but as a two-parter overall, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought Russ Abbott was uh, great casting. I mean, he, he he looked like he was enjoying it, and I think he did go a little over the top at times, <laughs> but I didn't mind. I, I thought he was really good fun in it. So... Yeah, I really like this one. I'm sort of—I don't know why I'm surprised. I just wasn't expecting it to be anything that good. I thought it was just going to be one of those. Yeah, it was all right, but I—I I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I—I I did enjoy this one, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't enjoy it as much as all the previous ones that we've reviewed up to oh, now. Oh, really? Okay. No, so I would see. I'm the opposite. I actually thought maybe because I've went in with low expectations. I, I thought this is one of the ones that I've enjoyed most. Yeah, I mean, it's don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, I think one of our reviewers said this and mentioned this as well, that mm. 
And, and this, for me personally, th- this is the difference between a, a great series and a great show and the not-so-great series. So mm. um, I'm going to jump on the negative train just for a second. Oh, careful now. So ring the bell. Here we go. <laughs> um, and series 11, right? When we reviewed the great episodes from series 11, so actually it's not a negative train because I'm going to mention some really cool stuff. When right. we reviewed the really good stories from series 11, that put us on a bit of a high for that week. But then when yeah. we got round to the not-so-good ones, in our opinion, um, it almost felt like, oh, you know, it, we were it just... derailed it. A little bit, yeah. Mm. Whereas the difference with this, though, and you and I have loved the Sarah Jane adventure since we started reviewing it, haven't we? And yep. for me, even though this wasn't, in my opinion, as strong, it was still really good. And I think that's a testament to the writing and the cast and so on. That mm. even when you get ones that you think, oh, that's not going to set the world on fire, it was still really good. It was still a yeah. really good watch, you know? So I think that just shows how good Sarah Jane is overall in terms of this series anyway, series two and, you know, series one that we've already done. I, I don't think we've had a single episode yet that we thought was bad, have we? Like you said, we've we've thought they've all been, you know, some have been really good, some have been good, but we haven't had anything that's been like, yeah, I found that really boring or... Mm. I mean, I know they're only 25 minutes each, so maybe that's why they just nip along being two-parters. But there's been no episode so far, Touchwood, where we've not enjoyed it or thought it was too silly or or anything. They've all had something. They've all had a merit to them, haven't they? They've all been on a certain standard. Yes, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think for me, that's what... I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't finish watching this and think, oh, no... You know, I hope they bring it back, quote unquote. Mm. <laughs> you know, the next time we come around to review it, I just thought that was really good. It was enjoyable. I didn't once reach for my phone and wanted to do something else. I still really like the 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 the, the story and the the cast and stuff. Um, for some reason, I just thought it wasn't as strong as the previous couple of episodes from this series and series one. Mm. And I think. F- the reason for that is because I, I think series, I think episode two just drags ever so slightly. I think it take. I think you can see it coming. You can see the end coming, but it just oh, takes this, quite yeah. a while just to actually get there. You know. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I thought I did feel the same because I, I thought part one was brilliant. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I did think there was about halfway through episode two where I thought, yes, it's still good, but that, yeah, we are just going around in circles a little bit now. Yeah. Um, but I, I did love the, I loved the twist, and, and I should have seen it coming. I'm going to ask you straight away. Actually. I should have seen this coming a mile <laughs> off. The the whole because everyone's being controlled by their zodiac signs basically, but of course Luke's not got a birthday or anything like that, so he doesn't. He's the only person on Earth that isn't included in this, you know, can't be controlled by it. And uh, so he saves the day, really. Um, and I thought, I loved that. I loved that twist because there's a f- couple of doppelgangers thrown in, isn't there, where Sarah Jane thinks she's worked out how to stop it, but she's turns out she's wrong. And then it turns out that she suddenly thinks about the fact that Luke touched Clyde and just before he, you know, was... Uh, mm-hmm. Just, yeah, as he was possessed, and that sort of saves it. So I thought it was a really good twist. I thought, yeah, and it's bringing back in the fact that Luke is, you know, not not human or was created rather than born and all this stuff, which I think hasn't been mentioned a lot um, 
ever even since sort of since the first series it gets thrown in there now and again but most of the time it's not really been brought up so far so i like that i thought yeah they're just reminding us again that he's a little bit different and he feels a bit out of place compared to the others and so i liked all that stuff as well but but i i didn't see that coming that twist and yet it's so obvious when you think about it but did, did you see it or, or not i didn't no Oh, good. I thought no. you were going to say, yeah, because it, it, it is pretty obvious when you think about it, isn't it? Because he goes on in episode one. He's like, there's a whole scene where he's like, I don't have a birthday. I wasn't born and all that. I was created. And I was thinking it was like just put right out there for everyone to see. <laughs> I should have seen that coming a mile off, but I didn't. And so when it is revealed, I was a bit like, oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, but I'm glad didn't. you didn't see it. I thought it was just me being a, a wally. <laughs> no, mate, I didn't see... I, I, for some reason, I always, and I'll tell you why I didn't, I've, I've obviously overthought this, you know, um, <laughs> but the reason why I didn't, I feel, I feel like I didn't see it coming is because that was, I think that's the other thing that I think could have been slightly better is the ending of it. So I think what they're trying to say is Luke is the only being on the planet that's not human. And so he's the one that can break the link. And I thought to myself, well, in the world of Doctor Who, which this is set in, obviously, I would say that there are lots of inhuman aliens on the planet at any one time. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. what got me. Yeah. I mean, it's completely and utterly ridiculous for me to think like that because this is a children's show. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's mm. like, you don't want to tax kids' minds too much. You don't want them to think, hmm, well, actually, Mr. Roberts... I would yeah. say that there's approximately X amount of aliens on the planet, so I refute your end. You, know, you can't expect kids to be sitting there thinking that stuff. Yeah. So it's ridiculous for me to nitpick to that extent. But I think because I'm an adult and because I've obviously got too much time on my hands in that particular pocket after I watched Sarah Jane, I just thought, yeah, there's probably other aliens on the planet that would have just, you know, done a similar thing maybe. But overall, it was, you know, I'm just nitpicking for the sake of it, really. No, no, I, I do get what you mean. It's a bit like the fact that um, I kept thinking, because uh, he was going around the Zodiac signs, saying, right, Aries, you're now under, Taurus, you're now under, Gemini, you've been under. So I think he's going around them all, and I was thinking, so what star sign is Sarah Jane? Because he's, he's practically at the end now, and she's yeah. still not possessed. Yeah. And, and actually, because of the way the story is wrapped up with it being Luke, they could have possessed Sarah Jane, and that actually might have added a bit more... You know, it would yeah, have made the, yeah. the, the, like you said, the second part, yeah, it is slightly lacking. Um, and that would have added another sort of scary element to it of, oh my God, you know, even Sarah Jane's under now. How's this going to be saved? And yeah. so, because I kept thinking, why is she, she, she just happens to be the last star sign and he doesn't ever get to that one or whatever. So that, yeah, I, I'm really surprised that they didn't do that. I was convinced that any minute now she's going to, you know, like when the Rani, suddenly turns possessed and i think oh, i yeah. thought yes yeah. yeah obviously that was going to happen and i thought sarah jane's next but she never does does she so i don't know what star sign she is but she she, she was escaped it. but she there's no the reason why he couldn't yeah. have done that and it would have it would have actually added something a bit more to the episode i think if she'd have yeah been possessed yeah. as well um because yeah. it wouldn't have made any difference yeah it just would have yeah added something to it because it yeah i will agree as much as i love this part episode two is is slightly lacking a little bit yeah. 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 I like the idea of the, I mean, the storyline was quite interesting, especially in episode one. I like the idea mm. of that. I like the fact that there was something happening that they couldn't get their heads around. That was quite yeah. cool because sometimes it is a little bit, no, I wouldn't say easy for them, 
But sometimes the, and again, these are like little patterns in the writing that you can pick up from children's shows because it needs to have this sort of familiar writing style where something will happen, somebody will get attacked by an alien or some strange event will happen involving an alien. They'll sort of come out of it just about, they'll go to Mr. Smith. I need you, Mr. Smith. The fanfare. The he'll, fanfare music. Yeah, he'll then scan something or search or something and they'll be like, right, it's this alien. So now mm. we need to go and defeat that alien. So I like that they took, they stepped away from that format, if you like. And yeah, because I love that bit where Mr. Smith can't read anything wrong. Because yeah. he's just a computer. Yeah. Because it's before, it's ancient time over. He's like, nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. But they're all about to be killed or whatever. Yeah. I thought that's a good, great little twist that he can't, he, he can't see anything wrong. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's obviously something happening. He's this guy, um, Martin Truman. He's been possessed by something, and mm. it's kind of frustrating them a little bit, especially Sarah Jane. That's like, come on, this must be some kind of alien energy or some kind of whatever. Yeah. But it all stumps them, you know, and they don't know. So I like that they stepped away from the usual format of alien attacks. They have a little bit of a scuffle. They escape. They research a little bit, find out what alien it is, and then they put the plan in to stop it. So mm. that was different. I did like that. Um, yeah, it was different. Yeah, uh, you you must have got chills when with the flashback scene to yes. the school reunion. Yeah, that that was yeah. brilliant because it was so quick as well. Um, but it's just the way they tied it in with um, Martin Truman just telling Sarah Jane, you know, sort of. I know all about you and you you've traveled and you've been to the stars and, and you were left behind and all this stuff on her face. She's like, what? How does he know this? And I just thought it was such a good scene. Then we get the little flashback of, well, I just love that bit anywhere where he's like, hello, Sarah Jane and the target, you know, the camera pans round and ah, oh, yeah. it's a great scene anyway. So yeah, I was just a little bit like, Oh, little chill down the spine when that, that was cool. up on screen. I, I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant scene. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. And it's, it's cool also that they, that that Gareth Roberts um, explicitly said, you know, there's no romance involved. No, no. He's like, oh, yes. A man yeah. from your past, hmm, a professor. No romance. No, not romance. More of a companion. You know, this really sort of nailing home, like, there's no funny business going on. This In the is, TARDIS, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's cool. And uh, so, what did you think to the whole astrology aspect then? Because for. For a time, I thought, are they going to go down the magic route? If they are, are they going to are yeah. they going to leave the path of science fiction? Are we going to go down the magical, mystique kind mm. of road? But they kind of lent towards it a little bit. But I think that's only because it was unexplained to a large extent. But yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a really good concept. Actually, I love mm. I love the idea of questioning astrology and. Like, like you said, I love the phrase that um, you quite often use that the stars have aligned and all that sort of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, and just people being frauds, you know, exploiting that sort of thing. But actually there being something to it. And I thought it was a really good concept. Um, I, I loved it. And I, I like the fact that in that scene I was talking about where he's like, re, you know, reading Sarah Jane's history to her. I loved it when he said, and I can see the future and you normally win. But this time you're going to lose. I thought that's brilliant. You know, he's, he's predicting the future and reading her stars, and I, I just thought it was a really nice idea. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, you have to suspend a bit of belief, but you have to with anything. Well, and I just thought it was, it was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thought it was a really nice concept. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Doctor Who. I mean, it goes back to mm-hmm. the thing where <laughs> I, I think the most famous comparison or analogy they gave is always that scene with 
uh, that who was it? Somebody watching Superman. I think it might have been mm. in the Big Bang Theory or something like that. And people always reference it where someone's wife kicked off at him for watching an unrealistic film because, you know, Superman can, was doing something unrealistic and he turns to his wife and says, this is a, this is a film about a man who can fly. Yeah. He's got laser beams out of his eyes or something and you're complaining, <laughs> complaining about the velocity that he catches Sarah Jane falling from a skyscraper. Yeah. And he wouldn't be able to match her speed correctly and all that stuff. You're getting bogged down with the details, but it's about a man who can fly. Exactly. Um, I think Peter Capaldi said that about the TARDIS once. I can't remember one of the stories come under criticism and he was on stage and he said, um, so people want to bring up that, but they're quite happy about a police box that's bigger on the inside floating through time <laughs> and space. And I can't remember yeah. what the story was that was getting some flack, but he, yeah, he'd obviously sort of picked up on the criticism criticism of it and i thought you know he's got a good point where do you, you it's strange the things we will just believe in terms of story and the things that we sit there think oh well that's silly that wouldn't happen and, you know it's <laughs> yeah, strange when yeah. you actually start breaking it down yeah yeah i think the best way to look at it is look, look the doctor who has been as a world has been created for doctor who that yes the basis for it is is set on earth most of the time and it's meant to be within our world but that yeah. doesn't mean that our world of of physics and all that stuff applies to everything because otherwise you're, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing with sci-fi. You know, a lot of people like to try and link it to real world stuff and, and mm. all that. But at the end of the day, this is it's just fiction, isn't it? It's just entertainment. It's escapism. Yeah, I exactly. Think. It's just escapism. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know what it was. It was the moon was an egg, I think. I think that was, oh, that was, was the one. Yeah, people yeah. were saying, "Oh, you know how ridiculous it was," and yeah. he just said, "Well, what, you know, where'd you draw the line?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was. I remember. Yeah, because people were saying, yeah. "Well, the Earth relies on the moon for like the rising tides and the, the oceans and and all that stuff. And without the moon, there'd be tsunamis and the world would collapse. Everything. So without the yeah. moon, the world's finished. And uh, you know, with that big fluctuation with the moon, the egg bursting out and the creature and stuff, before it lays the egg, the earth would have been in turmoil and stuff. And that was it, yeah. And he was like, well, this is about a guy who travels back in time and forward in time in a police box. <laughs> yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. That It's like yeah. times where you're watching something and you think, oh, this is ridiculous. But then you have to instantly remind yourself, well, actually, you do have to suspend belief a little bit. and You do. And just yeah. rock and roll with it, yeah. Uh, so I like the astrology side of things. It's also I did, yeah, and I like the fact that they highlighted the skeptics and the nutters. I think I thought that was really cool. So you had people mm. like Rani's mum who were completely into it. They were so, oh, yeah, and also it. the woman at the very beginning as well. Who's like, well, I can miss a bit of my mortgage payment. I don't, I don't mind that, as you know. Yeah, I'd rather you read me my <laughs> my future and everything. So you have these people that are completely bought into it, you know, and. I used the word nutter there. That's probably, you know, inaccurate of me. And if, you know, if you like all that stuff and you believe in it, then crack on, you know, that's, mm. that's your bag. But they also highlighted the skeptic as well. So Sarah Jane, she's very much like. Oh, she's very skeptical. Yeah. yeah. And rightly so, you know, because she's seen far more than anyone else, mm. you know, in the program. So she's, she's like, well, there's usually an explanation for stuff. I think that's what she was getting at. You know, I, I don't yeah. need patterns in the stars to tell me something's good or bad or whatever so i like the astrology side of it but i like the fact that they grounded it as well it wasn't just everybody starry-eyed to excuse the pun um mm. you know just going with it they they had the both sides of the coin so to speak 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, but it didn't it didn't sort of teeter too much on the edge of magic, which is good, because we've seen that a couple of times in Who where mm. you know, is this magic or is this alien sci-fi stuff? You know, there's a line, isn't there, that that you you don't go over. A fine line to tread. Yeah. I mean I, I know some people hate sort of the sort of Merlin magic side of things. I'm never too bothered by it. I think it comes back to what you're just saying about, you know, how much you, how, where you draw the line of belief, if you know what I mean. But I don't really have a problem with it if it's not scientific or hmm. if it's more magic. I don't think it really bothers me, to be honest. I quite like it, a bit of a mix of the both anyway. Depends on the story and how well, yeah, it, yeah. How well it's written, you know. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's one story that always gets people, isn't there? It's the McCoy story, um, Battlefield. Battlefield, yeah. Because that, yeah, there's some parts of that that are a lot of people always say, "Oh, that's not nothing to do with sci-fi. That's like a magical." Yeah, thing. and it's funny because even though I'm not a massive fan of Battlefield, I've never really had a problem with that element of it. If you know what I mean? No, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. But I know, yeah, there are some people that just think it goes into the the mystical side more than sci-fi side too much. But yeah, yes. I've never really felt that. I know it's bloody yes. magic. <laughs> <laughs> Your old mate McCoy. Old McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. So story-wise, I thought this one was good. Concept was good. Like I said, episode two, though, I think we could all see the end, not so much the twist on how it was ending, but we can all see that, you know, this whole circle of light that this guy was creating with all the different star signs, you could see that it was going to go boobs up for him. It was going to collapse. But it just took a long time. Well, it felt like quite a long time to actually get to that point. Like you said, there was a lot of going around in circles almost. Yeah, because I think in episode one, everything moves along nicely and there's lots of different scene settings. Like one minute he's in the theatre and then he's at his home and then we're in the attic and stuff. Most of episode two is running around the theatre and him just stood on the stage talking to the news channels and stuff. And I thought, yeah, there's just not as much to it in episode two. It does feel like, to be honest with you, if you, because obviously the two episodes together would be sort of a 50 minute story. Um, Mm -hmm. You've, probably could cut out a good five minutes and have a decent 45 minute episode you know what i mean it just it just it does go a bit rounded circles mm-hmm. um part two for sure i'll tell you what i did love though we saw the news reader that pops up every now and again the american one. Oh, her, yeah she gets yeah. possessed she does she? and i thought that was yeah. hilarious oh, what is her name i was trying when i was going to write it down and i was thinking i can't remember her blimmin i mean the, the character name she pops up all the time in like the rtd era She's like the American newsreader from, you know. Yeah, she's in it quite a lot. Trinity Wells is her name. Trinity Wells. There you go. Yeah, I love it when she gets possessed. That was funny. Um, In fact, there's quite a few bits in this. You can see Gareth Roberts' humour. He's quite good at, I think, at writing, you know, bits of humour here and there. And um, there are quite a few bits in this that were sort of making me not laugh, but just put a smile (laughs) on my face, you know. Like Clyde being so cocky and full of himself and, you know, he's a bit of a lad. And some of the stuff he was coming out with, like, I saved the day. And the ending, actually, skipping right to the end, when Luke was like, up, down, up, down. He's like, oh, go away. And all that sort of stuff. And, you know, because he'd been hypnotized to make, you know, to make himself look silly. And I just, little bits like that, I just thought were really charming. Yes. And, yeah. and just, again, I wasn't like rolling on the floor laughing, but just put a smile on my face. Uh, when this when this story wrapped up, I think that's why I just thought, yeah, that was really good. I I was just beaming after watching this because I just love this team. You know, I love this group of guys. I love spending time with them. Yeah, you know. No, I, I completely agree. It's those little 
little scenes of little bits of banter and comedy and little yeah because they do they do try and as a, as a the show as a whole it does try to promote that sort of friendship and being part yeah, of it you know it, yeah. it, it's a good thing for kids to be to have that sort of shown to them mm. you know that your friends have always got your back and you know friendship is good and all that stuff it's a good reinforcement for for the age group this was targeted at when it first went out you know definitely so yeah it's good i do like those scenes when they're winding each other up or having a laugh it's good yeah um because the one thing you wouldn't want it to be like is everything is happy and directly happy all the time mm. you know so there there are times where um like one of the the episodes when i think it was actually the last centauran you know where it was either the last i think they had a similar storyline for both but the last centauran and invasion of the bane mm. where it was maria or rani who kind of um got taken with sarah with sarah jane quite quickly and they wanted to hang around with her more and be part of the team and so on and sarah jane almost is quite cold with them yeah that's right quite, yeah you know doesn't want them around not because she doesn't like them but because of their safety and so on so there are like little elements like that where it's not always like, oh, Sarah Jane's not got a big smile on her face and welcome me into the team and all that stuff. You know, sometimes it does go a little bit, not as you would expect, but it does turn out good overall, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, it does. Yeah, they definitely show you both sides. I can't remember what the story was, but I think it was, um, what was the one you did with Phil from the Who's He podcast? Because that, that had quite a serious... Um, underlying storyline didn't it and you were sort of saying yeah they don't show the gorgon they don't sort of shy away from things but then you know they're they're aware of the audience that this program is aimed at so it's there for them to pick up on but it's not too heavy i can't remember what the subject was now was it alzheimer's or something like that yeah 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 Mm. i think it was that one we did anyway yeah so it strikes a really good balance i think um this series so far anyway i've been just a really good balance between being fun and yeah. it's what I would call a proper family show. It's, you know, I, I, I don't sit there sort of feeling like, Oh, why are we reviewing this kid's program? I don't feel like that. I, I sit there thinking this is just great fun. Yes. You know, I yeah. sort of, yeah, I definitely sort of go back to being a kid watching it. It makes me sort of reminds me of the great shows we used to get as a, you know, during our, you know, the seventies and eighties, we got brilliant. Oh, amazing. You know, kids, amazing yeah. TV shows. Um, and it's just for me, it's up there with some of the best. I just think mm-hmm. it's a yeah, it's got that fine line between, like you said, just not being too heavy, but but dealing with social things as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some characters then. Yeah, uh, what did you think to uh, Rani's mum and dad? So Gita and Haresh. Uh, I thought actually, I thought the dad was better this week because obviously we only got introduced in the last story didn't he yeah yeah as headmaster um yeah. as the headmaster and uh I, th- I thought he was quite good in this one because he's like you said he's a bit more he's not so into it so he's a little bit embarrassed by yeah. uh gita getting so and she's quite loud isn't she um so yeah i thought he was quite good this week um the dad i'm starting to warm to him a little bit gita i, I like her but she's just a bit ott <laughs> um but I guess it's fine. It doesn't, I don't sit there and think, oh dear, you know, she doesn't annoy me, but um, I think she's a bit OTT. She's the sort of actress that I think she's, you know, that sometimes when they get cast in a show that's aimed at kids, they think they have to be a bit zany and silly because it's a kid's show. So I, I don't think she 
plays the part as serious as the others. But uh, but it's not a bad thing. It makes a you know stand out different from the rest. So yeah, I do like her. I just find her performance a bit OTT compared to the rest. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. So it does feel yeah. a little bit like she's a bit too. I do love yeah. it that she's still getting Sarah Jane's name wrong. I love that. Oh, that's funny. Just that yeah. She's like, that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that went too bad. I'm with you on um uh on the dad as well, Haresh. Yeah. Um yeah. he was quite cool in this uh, in this episode because he's got a he has got a bit of a calm exterior about him. You know, there wasn't any point mm. in this, even when uh, Gita was possessed and she's walking out on the street he never flipped out or freaked out he was yeah pretty calm so yeah quite uh, interesting to see what they do with his character i'm wondering if he's going to get mixed up in anything because i i think so i get that feeling yeah because so far they've had to have a very clear wall haven't they between him Mm -hmm. because he was quite he's quite a firm strict headmaster in the school isn't he that we saw in day of the clown yeah and he really really didn't warm to Clyde did he at all no no bad influence <laughs> yeah but now he's yeah. almost like at the end of it he's like see you later lads you know he hasn't got that sort of standoffish thing so I'm I'm interested to see what they do with his character if they do anything at all because every single Sarah Jane adventure from here on in is fresh for me I haven't seen any of these so uh, uh, most of it is for me as well yeah, yeah the yeah. few that I had seen were from series one so this is all going to be fresh now which is cool um, what did you think to the assistant to Martin Truman, the, the woman who gets possessed at the beginning, who's happy to fork over all the mortgage money and Oh her. Yeah. Um so not the one that not the one that's on stage with him. You mean the, the woman at the very beginning. Oh, is that the same woman? Same woman, yes. Her name's oh, Cheryl. Gosh. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I it's just because she wore a suit for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, of course it's the same woman, isn't it? Um yeah, no, I thought she she was all right actually. Uh, it just made me laugh in that scene how quickly he he confessed to being a fraud. I, I know it's just to move the story on, so I'm not going to nitpick at it, but it just cracked me up the way he's, she's like, oh, the mortgage money. And he was like, <laughs> oh, no, keep it. I'm a fraud. He could have just said, no, no, you're all right. I'm, you know, I see it in the stars. You need to keep the money. <laughs> you didn't have to sort of confess. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she she wasn't too bad, actually, because she's, she's got a sinister undertone, which is what she's supposed to be when she's possessed. And I like the fact that when he's gloating about not caring he's like i've never been important and now i am so i don't care what happens to the human race she's kind of the same isn't she? she's like yeah i agree with him yeah and so i thought she was quite a good psychic she doesn't get an awful lot to do mm-hmm. but she's she is a present so i wouldn't say she's you know i wouldn't say she's throwaway because there are scenes when like um when the kids turn up at the theater and she shows them to the seats and you just think yeah she's a wrong one and so she's definitely yeah, got a yeah. presence on screen. Um, so she went, she went amazing, but she was fine, I think. Yeah, she in terms was okay. of her performance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought she was okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, one person who I thought was pretty dreadful was her husband who shows up at the theatre. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, old Stuart. He's, um, yeah, you can see why. <laughs> so he was, the, he was the guy, you know, the hubby hubby that turns up. He's like, yeah, I yeah. want to know what's going on with you. Mm. You don't talk to your wife like that. No, and also he was a bit cringe, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, like like I said, sometimes, I mean, with Gita, sometimes her performance is over the top, but she's still likable. But then, yeah, then you get someone like him that, uh, unfortunately, they're just, 
yeah, they're just not that great in their performance and it's just a little bit cringe. Yeah. Well, I say wife, I mean any sort of significant other. You, you don't mm. sort of, I want to know what's going on with you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for response from the other person's script. Okay, this is not how you act normally at home. Wait for the reply. You know, it it, it felt really like he, there was like a teleprompter almost that he was yeah, just reading yeah. off of. It was very, very wooden and square. But Thankfully, he's only in that one bit. That one bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bless him. Uh, Rightio, Russ Abbott then. Martin Russ, Old Russ. Russ. I, I thought he was great casting, mate. I I, I really enjoyed him. I, I will admit he does go over the top. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. pretend he doesn't. Um, but it didn't bother me. I, I just found him, I found the performance fun. He looked like he was just having a ball playing that part mm-hmm. to me. If anything, that's why I think he, he perhaps got carried away. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he was, I think he just really suited it. And, um, yeah, I just enjoyed his performance. OTT as it was, I, I just thought he was really good, good fun in it. Fun. And he had a, you know, he was good at being evil and, yeah, I just liked him. I thought it was a very good casting choice to have him because he is predominantly known for comedy rather than is, yeah. drama. So, but yeah, I thought he was good. Yeah, that was one of the things that I liked the most about his performance, really. I well, thought that he was over the top. Yeah, well, I thought his yeah. acting skills were, were were pretty good, actually. I thought he, he, mm. he came across very well. But the thing that I liked about it, I excused the hamminess. You know, he hams it yeah. up a little bit, but I excused that because you can tell that he, he loved doing it by the look of it. He absolutely yeah. bought into that character. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciated that part of it. So there were times where, yeah, he's chewing the scenery a little bit and, mm. and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to come across as a higher power and he's doing it through his voice because he's not, a, he was not very animated at all in his performance, you know, for the most, no, the most part, no, you know, he's no. just, and maybe that's the thing that, that they might have been able to tweak a little bit back then when they were making these. Cause I said the same thing, even about um, Bradley Walsh's performance as the clown mm. previously, where the great character and the actors really getting into the part, but they seem quite static. There's yeah. not a lot going like for this episode as well. The majority of it, he's just standing at one, in one spot, not even taking one step anywhere. He's in one spot on the stage, isn't he? He's not yeah. doing anything at all. So, um, I'm only- thinking of the bit in his house as well, because there's a bit where he goes mad. Um, and he is just literally rooted to the spot, isn't he? And he starts yeah. sort of almost looking up to the skies where he's getting crazier and crazier. But yeah, you, you're right. He's not very animated. Yeah. yeah. So because of that, the only other way that you can bring out a, a performance like that is through your voice and your mm. your facial expression. So I can excuse that a bit. I, I think that's more down to the direction rather than him actually saying, yeah. right, I'm going to do this part, but I'm going to stand still the whole time. That's probably how not didn't go that way at all. The director probably said, right, you stand here because we're going to have a camera here and a camera here and yeah. you know, Liz Layden's going to be there. So just stand there, but just do your thing. So that aside, I just thought he bought into it 100%. He was properly going for it at times. He was fun. I mean, yeah. that, that cracked me up, actually. That scene. I know it's not supposed to, but the scene in his house where he's, <laughs> <laughs> he really just, he sort of goes from, he just goes up and up and up a level, doesn't he? He's like yeah, yeah. five five evil, you know, uh, 
five evil scores, six evil. He just keeps going up and up and up with the madness. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to explode in a minute. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It His did, performance. Yeah. Yeah. It did smack a tiny little bit as well of like really old fashioned Buck Rogers. Um, <laughs> style villain like where he's got the lightning coming out of his fingers and stuff and he's got that oh, evil yeah. cackle and stare and stuff that's right what's the other one uh flash gordon you know that that flash old gordon, really old it. style 50s sci-fi where you know somebody's got electrocution powers from their hands and mm. stuff so it did it yeah. did smack a tiny bit of that but it's still fun to watch it was fun yeah, yeah. uh mr smith has a few lines same as always. Do, 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 get the do, do, do that blimmin' reveal. <laughs> Takes him forever to get out the of fanfare. that. Fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, oh, I gotta love Mr. Smith though. What do you reckon to the three <laughs> younger attic crew members then? So Ronnie, mm. Clyde, and, and Luke all had fairly decent performances again. I really like Clyde still. He's such yeah. a good character, isn't he? Um, Luke. He is. Yeah. Luke, I think, just needs to smile a little bit more. Because he's always, it's always it feels like he's always got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Like he's, yeah, like he takes a concept on early in the program, and then he just really overthinks it all throughout the rest of the program. He sort of you plays know? the I don't understand what's going on a lot, yeah, um, which yeah. was fine earlier on, but he's still doing that same thing. Um, but they are gelling really nicely though, because obviously Ran is very new to the to the mm. group. And I think the three of them, the the sort of um, chemistry and the interaction between the three, is uh, is already really strong. I think you just get yeah, they're, they're they're working very well together. I think those guys, like you said, they all get something to do. Um, Clyde stands out just because he comes out with the cheeky one-liners, but I think Rana is settling in really nicely. I'm liking her a lot um, already, and uh, Luke. It was interesting to, that they acknowledge the fact he's a bit you know, different to the others in this story. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean about his performance. He does give the same sort of thing. Uh, I'd like to see him sort of step up to the plate a bit more. Like at the end when he saves the day, he's like, oh, I saved the day. And I'm thinking, yeah, you did. So, you know. Yeah, pop the champagne. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say something, but I won't because it's not simple. But, but like, you know, <laughs> man up a bit sort of thing. Yeah, right, but anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think he just needs to, I mean, maybe that's a completely intent. Well, I'm 99% sure that's completely intentional mm. because you already have somebody like Clyde who's very outgoing and funny and he's, you know, a bit of a lad. If Luke was to go down the same road, it might, they might be too similar. Yeah, maybe. true. Yeah. So I think, yeah. don't get me wrong. That's just, Probably by design, you know, Luke. And I character. do like Luke, don't get me wrong, I do like him, but yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, by design, he's probably meant to be quite reserved and... Gen- more bit, genteel. A bit more of an introvert rather than mm. somebody who's like Clyde. So it does work, it's just that in some of the scenes, he really does feel like he's about to launch himself off of a building, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's, it's all right, you know, you don't have to overthink the fact that you haven't got a belly button and you haven't got a star sign and stuff, it's... Yeah, it's cool. We've been down this road. Don't worry about it. But you know, still a decent performance. And like you said, Rani's um, she's she's gelling pretty pretty well. Yeah, I like it. You can see that her and Sarah Jane are getting on. You know, she gives Sarah Jane a couple of looks in this, doesn't she? Like yeah. the the sort of friendship between the two of them is is clearly taking over from the Maria character and stuff. So that's good. It is. Yeah. Mm. And then Sarah Jane, we're going to say we're going to say the same thing every week, aren't we? Well, she's brilliant in it. She's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, and she, she just really takes hold of this episode as well. I made a note about the scene when she stands up to possess Clive. 
Oh yeah, and I, yep. it's just it's just the strength in her performance. Like mm-hmm. she's like uh, she realizes that she, you know she's basically like, well, I'm I'm going to get out of this room, and I'm either going to you know he's either going to kill me or he isn't. And she really stands up to him, doesn't she? She's yeah. like, you know, um, you know, if you're going to kill me, kill me, but I'm leaving this room. So you better get on with it or something she says, doesn't she? And I'd, just the strength in her performance, I think, is brilliant. She looks terrified when he first bursts in as well. That first cliffhanger, she probably sells the, you know, OMG, what's going on cliffhanger ending. So, yeah, yeah she is brilliant. I know we say the same every week, but she really is just consistently great um, in a, in her character and her performance. Yeah. And that's the, the main word, isn't it? She's consistent every week. It's... Yeah. She's just so lovable. You know, yeah. you just, you yeah. want to spend time with her, don't you? And she's, when she turns up at the theatre as well, it's like, uh, you know, what are you doing here, mum? So, <laughs> well, I just thought I'd come and check it out because she knows there's something going on. And mm, yeah, yeah. I, the character is just so good. Yeah. She's, yeah. It, it, it feels like she's inherited the doctor's kind of sixth sense of being able to spot something that's maybe not quite. Right. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know, when the, there's been loads of episodes where the Doctor lands somewhere in the TARDIS and mm. the companions are off excited because they're in a particular time period or location. But within seconds of the Doctor walking out the TARDIS, he's looking around thinking, something's not right here. Mm. Something's not quite as it should be. And Sarah Jane's almost inherited that sense, hasn't she, where she knows that something's not quite right with this, so she's going to check it out. And, and I just love great. the fact yeah. that she's just so... Every time she thinks there's something not right, she's just so up for getting stuck in there and sorting yeah. out. There's like there's no messing with her, and uh, yeah, yeah, such a such a great character. And it's good as well that the, um, she's got her little gadgets as well. She's got the watch that flips up and she can oh, scan yeah. and stuff. That's good. No use of the sonic lipstick. This this no story. sonic lipstick this week. No. So you can write a Doctor Who story without <laughs> having to resort to a sonic device. It can be done. It can be done. Yeah. You don't have to whip it out every every three or four minutes and scan something. You can just. Uh, and it. I love I love that scene as well because he's like, "Yeah, scan away, do what you like." And that was again was refreshing. It's not like him, you know. What are you doing? Stop that at once. He was just like, "Yeah, you do what you like. I'm untouchable." Yeah. And I thought that was again a nice twist to the story. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no sign lipstick. We'll, um, maybe we'll see it next week. Yeah. I want to get one of them. Apparently they sell for a fortune on eBay, you know. I'm yeah, not even joking. They're, they're really rare. Yeah. They're really rare, yeah. Because they brought them out, they did a limited run of them. Yeah, character made a little set. I think you get the yeah. lipstick, you might get the watch of it. I can't remember, you get something. It's like a little set, a little toy set. And um, yeah, they sell for crazy money on eBay. Crazy, crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll right. be the holy grail of the collection, wouldn't it? The The sonic lipstick in a glass cabinet. Yeah, I've got to get one now. You've set the challenge. Here we go. I found one on eBay for you. How much is it? Uh, Seventy quid. Ooh, maybe not today. Yeah, you get you do get the watch. You get the oh, watch. You do get the watch and the lipstick together. Yeah, oh. it's in a cool little oval shaped little plastic. Don't tempt well. me with things like this. You know what I'm like. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> seventy quid. Yeah, oh. roughly. So nearly a hundred pounds for that. So yeah, you're right. It's and there's only a few on there, so they're quite rare if you can afford. Yeah, them. yeah. Anything else you want to mention, buddy, before we close off with a score? Let me have a look. Um, no, I think we've said everything on my list, I think, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. Mm. Uh, right, I think it's me to go first, isn't it? Um, yeah. I am going to give this one a 6.5. Okay, fair enough. 
Um, I'm uh, slightly ahead of you. I'm a seven point five. Okay. Um, I'll be honest with you. If if series if part two had been better, this would have been an eight for me. I was really enjoying it and going. I was really along for the ride. Right. On this yep. one, but uh, yeah, series episode two. I mean, just let it down slightly. But yeah, so a, a seven point five. Cool. Cool. Yeah, for me it would have been higher, but episode two really does tend to. It's not too bad. We've seen worse in Doctor Who and Sarah Jane. Uh, no, not in Sarah Jane. We've seen. I've seen worse mm. in Doctor Who. Put it that way. But mm. yeah, it just felt like it was a bit laboured. Kind of like you know wanting to crank the wheel a bit faster just to get mm. to it. But yeah, decent scores, I would say. What did our listeners think? We had a couple of reviews in uh, a couple oh, cool. of audio ones. Um, a few on Facebook and Twitter. Let's do the audio ones first. Uh, our regular reviewer from Down Under. This is Sammy. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the secrets of the stars. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly like these manipulative B words or con artists like Martin. Poor Cheryl. I stopped reading my horoscope a while ago when I realised it wasn't doing anything for me. I don't like this story as much as other ones. It's well done, just not really for me. I give it five astrology charts out of ten. See ya. Oh dear. Middle of the road for Sammy. Bit middle of the road, this one for Sammy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we got another one in. Let's see what Lewis Palmer thought. Hello to the Big Blue Box podcast. So, yes, you got the stars. Probably my least favourite uh, episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. And it's not bad. Um, it sort of speaks to the quality of the show. When this, this is my least favourite episode, but it isn't awful. Um, it just sort of feels like standard kids' TV fare. That, that, that it's not very memorable. Um, I, a lot of people like this story. I'm sort of in the minority. Um, but I, I, no, I, 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 it, it's okay. It just seems a bit overly hammy. And I love my Doctor Who hammy, but it, it's just it feels a bit too far... And it's just, it's, it's just something, something just isn't there for me that it is in every other episode. And I don't know what it is. I don't think I'll ever get this story, but uh, like I said, it isn't awful. It's uh, just not great. So probably about a five or a six out of ten for me. Um, yeah, see you next time, guys. Five or oh, six. Oh, Lewis, five or six. Fair enough, mate. Middle of the road again. Not too bad. Thank mm, you very much, yeah. guys, for your audio clips. Let's see what was mm. happening over on the other socials. So on Twitter, um, uh, Electorald said, interesting story with great casting choices. Unique story that has some twists I didn't see coming. Uh, I love it when drama plays on real beliefs like star signs and puts a sci-fi spin on it. Uh, Martin Troon is a great villain, very evil, but weirdly likable at the same time. Mm. Uh, Ian, uh, ITM1997 says, I think it should have gone more cosmic horror as compared to a lot of other SJ episodes. Uh, the campiness as it feels very jarring due to a lot more serious or just creepier stories around at that time of the show. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, our writer, Jordan Shortman, quite a good outing for the gang, but one I've not gone back to in a long time. I remember enjoying it and I wish SJA had done cosmic stories a little more often, but Martin Truman was an enjoyable villain. Overall, it was pretty enjoyable. The Who Society said, I've always really liked this story. It's really enjoyable, well-casted, sinister at times and a great cliffhanger. Really entertaining, 8 out of 10. 8, okay, good. Uh, the QM Umbrella says, one of my least favourite episodes, unfortunately. Oh, oh. no. Uh, so Jacob Whistle <laughs> says, I love this episode, great ideas and a story and great acting, even if the guy who played Martin does go over the top a little bit. And 8 out of 10. Um, Sorry, if I didn't react then, it's because the, the Skype cut out. <laughs> yeah, even if the guy... <laughs> 
All I got was the guy playing Martin. I assume you said I went over the top. He goes over the top and he gave it an eight out of ten. An eight, okay. Yeah, it wasn't Adam just being like, yeah, whatever. Just sign yeah, up. yeah, so the good old <laughs> Skype cut out. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Andrew Hayden says, I originally said I wasn't a fan of it when I heard the title, but I realised I got it confused with The Vault of Secrets. Uh, overall, I like the story and the ending being that Luke won't be hypnotised because he hasn't got a birth month. Uh, it's genius. Yeah, it's good. And lastly on Twitter, the running Hoovian Sarah says, another great episode where once again, an actor best known for their comedic genius delivers a fabulously serious and sinister performance. Russ Abbott got it spot on. The rest of the cast played all their parts well and I found the storyline enjoyable. 8.5. Excellent. Cheers, Sarah. Thank you very much. Uh, a couple on Twitter. Mars McKenzie always seems to forget about this story. Uh, it's a hidden gem, though. I really like the concept of it. Rani really settles in well. And the rest of the gang and the cast are on top point as ever. Rani's parents uh, have great chemistry and I just find them so entertaining. Overall, 8 out of 10. Mm, nice. And Joseph Howard says, I do vaguely recall the second part of this episode, but not the first. And oh. always remember how uh, that part goes. Uh, but seeing as I've now watched both parts all the way through, it reminds me of a modern Mask of Mandragora, which is interesting. Mm. I bring them up because the Mandragora was going to be a part of this two-parter. But unfortunately, they scrapped the idea because the fact that the younger audience wouldn't get it and was more aimed at the classic series. Oh, that's interesting. Mm, I didn't know that. Uh, overall, good stuff from SJA, as usual, an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. So I would say this one's gone down pretty well, mainly middle of the road to fairly good scores, I'd say. Yeah, I think, yeah. I would say so. You I must... should say so, yeah. Uh, right, so thank you very much, guys, for sending in your thoughts and reviews. Always really good to read them out, as always. Thank you so much. Next week, it's the turn of classic Doctor Who. What have we got next week, buddy? Hiya! <laughs> the third doctor <laughs> i'm expecting a bit of uh, uh venusian akida next week i don't know if there is any in this one actually i don't know why i did that but uh mutants next week the mutants yeah, the, the mutants, mutants. Yeah. i i know i say this every week but i can't remember a blimmin thing about this story The mutants, I'm, I'm, yeah it's a six-parter isn't it i have to get some watching hours in but yeah that should be good the mutants with yes. the mutt the mutt, the mutt yeah. creature, yeah. Six parts, as you said. Six parts, yeah. So, Perfect ones are often six or seven, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So get your DVDs out. So, yeah. Get them out and get them watched, because as always, we'll be asking for your guys' uh, thoughts and reviews and opinions on that. So, mm. yeah, get it watched. Who's unless, the companion in that one? Unless you watched it very recently, of course, and you've got it in your memory, that's cool. Um, the companion, oh, it's... um. Is it lovely, Katie? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Joe good. Grant. Excellent. Yep. God, it's a heck of a cast. Oh, God, look at all these names we've got to have to remember next week. Oh, oh my gosh. I know, mate. We won't remember them. But <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. The Mutants next week. We'll be asking for your thoughts on that. So, um, I think we're going to wrap there as well for 2.20. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 220. 220, eh? 220, I know. Rattly ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's very cool that Doctor Who picked up an award um, for the episode Rosa from uh, from Two's Lemon. Very cool. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the Big Chief. 
13th Doctor figure. Let us know if you're going to pick that up and what your thoughts are on that. Hopefully they hit their their target, which would be good. You'd hate to see something like that just collapse. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hopefully that hits, hits the mark. Next week, as we said, the Mutants, bit of perks, reaction, get that watched. Uh, look forward to your reviews on that one. In the meantime, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there. Plus, you can link off to all of the various podcast networks. Drop us a subscribe on those so that you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. Uh, there's also buttons there to link off or just do a search for us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Give us a, uh, a, a follow or a sub on those. We chat plenty of Doctor Who during the week. And also check out Adam's channel over on YouTube, The yes, Geek's, Geeks Handbag. Handbag. Yes. Do a search for The Geek's Handbag. Loads and loads of cool unboxings, reviews, Adam's thoughts on life itself. <laughs> and lots of sci-fi stuff as well. Yeah, loads of stuff. Yes. Um, and you're also on all the socials as well. So under the same name, The Geek's Handbag, mm-hmm. again, we chat lots of Doctor Who. So. Until next week for 221, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... <gasps> hey. Hey.